0: Hey, what's up? Welcome to the fourth episode of Movie Dumpster. Today we're talking Yesterday's Target, directed by Barry Sampson from 1996. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. Welcome to the dumpster.
1: You know what? Just let me out of this car. I've got to walk. You know what? You can let me out of this car, too. I don't want to be in this... Shut up! All right? Just shut
0: up. No one's going anywhere. You can just forget about your pathetic little lives you've been leading because you're staying with me. (laughs) This this fucking movie is it's a fucking Showtime original. The credits came up and it was like, Showtime Presents. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, with IRS media in association with the big boss, Man and Brutus Beefcake. This movie is just like a convoluted fucking mess. And I I had to like rewind a couple scenes because I'm like, wait a second. You're from the future, but you're here already, but you're this thing, and what the fuck is happening here?
1: This movie, and no movie in existence should ever have to face this comparison. This movie reminded me of Future War, and that's not a good thing. It's like Days of Future's Past fucked Terminator, and that's what this would be. Oh, the opening stinks of Terminator.
0: Oh, dude, that fucking song sounds just like the Terminator Overture, like... (laughs) Like before you get into the fucking dun 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 dun. Yeah, but it's like it's like Terminator, but the way like they send them back in time is like way crappier. Yeah. Okay. Just dive into okay, it. Okay, we're yeah. gonna jump right into this. So the movie opens with like it the, the the credits are like intercut with scenes of these people on operating tables in the quote unquote future, which basically just looks like a Dexter crime scene.
1: It looks like the tent from E.T.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like E.T. Yeah. But but also like the scene from the Inspector Gadget movie when he's getting all the shit put inside oh, him. Oh
1: god! What a piece of shit. Uh, yeah. I can tell you it's a piece. I've never seen it. I don't have to I don't have to watch it.
0: I don't I don't think we need to see that one.
1: I'm good. No, this was this was jarring as fuck because it was the hardest cuts. It kept doubling down on like different lines from Different actors and this one dude was distracting the fuck out of me. Every few minutes of like mumbling and murmuring in the background, I heard this one guy keep going, We got him Yeah. There was one point,
0: like I don't know if it's because I had like a couple drinks while I was watching this, but it was like, like, three like
1: three or four times.
0: Yeah, but like I didn't know if I was if I was hearing shit, but like I could have swore that once one of the actors' names came up on the screen. I thought I heard somebody in the background like Yeah, it's fucking, it's Bill Pickett. Or whatever the fuck the name was. And I'm like, what? Are we, wait, what's happening? Like, are we screaming out the names? And I'm like, oh, wait, no. So, yeah, but like you said, like, uh, it's just a bunch of these Awful, awful cuts. Instead of being, like, focused on one thing, it's, like, somebody's arm, or, like, a back, or or something that you can't even fucking tell what's really happening until we get towards the end of this uh, shitty, uh, what do you call it? montage? I didn't have a slight idea. Yeah, I was, I was, like, trying to make out, like, okay, I think I know what's happening, but I'm not totally sure, and then, you know, about an hour and a half in, I kind of figured, well,
1: you know, the movie's not even that long, but... You get where I'm going with that. It's an hour and 16 minutes. That's with credits.
0: Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, a, it's like a cool 79 minutes. Super short. Which was, that's fine. It's, it's <laughs> perfect. And we're fucking blowing through this story at breakneck speed. And it's like,
1: wait, what? There's like a perforated line in the middle of this movie. Where you can tell it just like, it's been ripped in half and, and just coupled back together. <laughs> it's so
0: fucking patchy. So we open with that credit sequence. And then we cut to TK Carter, whose name in the fucking movie is Carter. And if you don't know who T.K. Carter is, he is the guy from The Thing. The guy who roller skates around, and he's also a cook, which we'll get to in a little while. I cut him loose! So we see him, and he's, you know, he's all messed up. He's walking around. See, I didn't even process that was that character. I just thought it was, like, somebody walking around with a, with a raincoat on in the woods. Well, like... no, I saw him, and I'm like, oh, shit, that looks like T.K. Carter. And lo and behold, it was. Okay, got you. And then we hard cut again to Jessica Harper and she's played by uh Stacy Hyduk so Jessica's walking around and they're all aren't they all bald yeah yeah so they're all hairless from traveling through time for whatever reason like all their hair burns off like but like when you see them laying down in the future they're all shaved already they're just like these bald fucks with like these gas masks on so is
1: hair a liability for time travel I don't what but it's organic like I don't get it <laughs> Like, does it streamline you through the fucking time tunnel? Trim his nails too. We gotta get all the protein off of him. Bill and Ted didn't have to shave their heads, and they travel in a fucking phone booth. God, imagine if like the doctor had to fucking do that shit every time he got into the TARDIS. Oh, hold on a quick, I gotta shave my balls. This scene where the, the the girl is walking. What's her name? You said uh, uh uh Jessica.
0: Which you don't even fucking know her name. No, I didn't know. I, I didn't this this know. I
1: didn't know anybody's name.
0: No, neither did Sean. Sean's like, what the fuck was that chick's name? I'm like, dude, I didn't even know it until the credits rolled, and I was like, oh, her name's Jessica. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty sure it was Jessica because they do say it a couple times, but it's like so. Like quick, like you really gotta listen for it. When
1: the old guy rolls up in this woman, he's like, "Need a ride?" Silence. No seconds pass. Are you sure you're okay? Nothing. And then he just drives away.
0: Yeah. Well, see you later. And he's like some big fucking Texan dude. Like this, this fucking guy's got like those those uh, steer horns on the front of his car, and he's got the bolero tie and all that shit, or the bolo rather. And he's like, yeah, are you all right there, little lady? And she just is totally blank-faced.
1: Spaces out, and he's like, you sure you're okay? I'm like, I think you missed, a- she didn't respond to you.
0: Yeah, she's totally fucked up. Like, something's obvious, this bald woman walking around in a rain you're jacket. You're having a
1: conversation with yourself there, dude. So
0: he fucking dri- starts driving away, and he's like, all right, well, see you later. I gotta go get some barbecue. And she just fucking falls right on the ground. And he turns around, and he just kind of goes up to her, and he goes, oh, Jesus Christ. I thought she was dead. Her eyes were open and shit. Oh, I thought she was a ro- Robot. Then, it, then, then it goes to a hard cut of three years later. No explanation, but three years later. So we're in this seedy hotel room, and we're introduced to uh, LeVar Burton's character, Winstrom. And he's a clairvoyant, but really, you don't know what's going on yet exactly. And he's basically, he can hold, oh, P.S., all of these fucking people in this movie have superpowers, and they're from the future.
1: Okay, have either of you guys seen Push with Chris Evans? There's a frightening amount of similarities between these two movies. You
0: want to know why there's frightening similarities between this and Push? Fuck no, what? Because it's the same fucking writer. <gasps> <laughs> David Bulra. No fucking way! Push is great though, this movie's a turd! And guess what else he wrote? What? Bat Thumb. Wait, what? Bat Thumb, like the Thumb Wars bullshit with like the little faces on the thumb characters. Yeah. yeah, he fucking wrote that and directed it.
1: So he's been every level of screenwriting prestige, I suppose.
0: The prestige doesn't stop there because he also fucking directed The God Thumb and Franken Thumb. <sighs> the fucking track record on this guy is awful.
1: Well, he has that, gl- that glistening beacon of quality. Yeah, he was like, ah, fuck, remember that movie Yesterday's Target? Well, I'm going to re-fucking make it.
0: So LeVar Burton's character is a clairvoyant, and he basically, he has a bullet in his hands, I believe, and he's uh, conjuring up all these visions of these three people, which is Daniel Baldwin, Stacey Hyduck, and T.K. Carter. And they all have superpowers as well. So Daniel Baldwin has telekinesis—the most OP telekinesis
1: I've ever seen in a movie. It's fucking Baldwinesis. TK Carter has like this firepower that we'll get to. Uh, he's supposed to have pyrokinesis, but from my understanding, pyrokinesis is like fire manipulation. Not, yeah. I'm gonna produce fire from nothing. It's definitely not fire
0: conjuring. You know what I mean? Like there has, like he has to have like a lighter with him. At some point, I thought he blew fire at
1: someone with his eyes.
0: Yeah, but he's always he always has like a cigar. In this
1: cigar, I thought it was a pretzel rod, personally,
0: <laughs> because it's never fucking lit, and he has pyrokinesis. <laughs> jessica harper has i guess foresight is that what we want to call yeah that? i think that's what they went for
1: she is like pinpoint premonitions of like what's going to happen in a few minutes or a couple seconds in the future
0: so lavar burton's working for malcolm mcdowell who is running this company who is basically searching for these quote-unquote mutants that they even fucking refer to as mutants in this talking about fucking x-men callbacks and they're basically tracking these people down to kill them because lavar burton thinks that they're there to kill him and like take down the company that they're that they that malcolm mcdowell's running the first one he finds is daniel baldwin
1: i'm guessing he's like uh, i think he's an auto mechanic what is no no he like washes clothes he works for a cleaner
0: yeah yeah he works at a budget cleaner and he could barely pay the rent so uh basically Var burton he has these drawings of the characters that he gets through his clairvoyance and you cut to this scene where Initially, I thought it was a flashback of of little LeVar Burton, but it's a totally different character. This kid uh, named Young Roland, apparently, uh, according to the de- end credits. But there's no old Roland, right? So I guess like Young is just like his first name. Yeah, and he, he lives at Charles Xavier's mansion for the gifted. Uh, oh, come where? come to my school for the gifted children yeah where this uh, old guy who i'm just gonna refer to as charles xavier because i don't remember his actual name
1: it starts with an h or some shit so charles
0: xavier he has this kid and he's cultivating him and the kid he uh he also does drawings you know uh self-portraits or what are they called um characters characters and he uh shows this guy uh, the drawings that he has and that guy tracks down daniel Baldwin at the budget cleaners and kind of starts to like put the uh, idea in his ear that, hey, you know, I know that you're not who you say you are. I know that you know, you can't place your whole life. You've only been here for a little bit out a time. And that kind of starts to kick off the uh, the the rest of the story i guess yeah because he's like he's like how old are you and he's like is this the part where he asks him that i don't know i just know oh, he, he's like way. he's working in the laundromat yeah he's coming on to him and he's like oh you have superpowers and you know there's pe- there's bad people after you and they want
1: the powers you got this is all the the first and only time you will ever see daniel baldwin's character doing anything resembling his old life it's just there for like he used to be a cleaner And now that that's out of the way...
0: It's so fucking strange, because, like, you have these two other characters that are struggling... Okay not only do you lose all your fucking hair when you go back in time, but you also lose your fucking memory for three years. Yeah, where's the pragmatism in all this? Nothing works out! <laughs> no, but then all of a sudden Daniel Baldwin just has this fucking knowledge of everything again. And he's like, alright, I know what I gotta do. I gotta go fucking get these other two and do a mission that I think, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you know, he he doesn't listen to the guy and he just kind of goes about his business and of course LeVar Burton shows up with his two goons. They try to kill him. You know, he gets his power to work for like a half a second, like just long enough to kind of push the guy away from him. Well they're beating the shit out of him. Yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. uh Lavar Burton holds up his two fucking cartoon drawings. He's like, "Do you know these people?" And he's like, "He's like I never saw them before in my life." And he's like, "You fucking lying." And then Trevor Goddard, Kano himself kicks him in the fucking face. And then he runs off and he and he's like Herman Munster bending over picking up a coin and fucking takes a car out. He's like throwing trash cans and he like throws one of the goons away who looks like a fucking dime store Josh Brolin. He gets hit by a car and it like takes the whole front end of the car out. I, we're talking it's it's not just like a dent. It doesn't rip off the bumper. It looks like someone took a bite out of the hood. It's like what happened to the engine? Like where did the engine go? Why didn't this car fucking explode? So then he's in the hospital. Yeah LeVar Burton's nice enough to be like call this guy an ambulance. So they're in the hospital hospital and uh you know the doctors are looking at his bone structure basically and and you know they're like okay this isn't really adding up and uh harper daniel ball whatever you want to call him he he wakes up and he realizes something's not right and he books it the hell out of there but he takes some of the the x-rays with him because he sees something in his leg that he's like okay i don't know this doesn't look right he has like a dream or a flashback to getting put under and then sent back in time and he's like oh he wakes up out of his bed he doesn't eat his scrambled eggs and he just goes takes the x-rays and fucking leaves i want to stop real quick and i forgot to mention this before the fucking hats in this movie what are we doing with the fucking hats in this movie
1: no i'm glad you brought this up because why the fuck was levar burton dressed like amish morpheus the whole fucking movie he looks like fucking duke from jason goes yeah. to hell
0: <laughs> i'm a bounty hunter for jason Voorhees.
1: but he has a silly ass hat
0: it's like fuck we are like 20s gangsters it's like man see you got check it powers I- I thought he looked like Isaac from Children of the Corn, but that's a pretty good one, too. Uh,
1: like, he's got his fucking sunglasses and his, like, straw hat, and I'm like, what look is he going for? What the
0: fuck? And then I'm like, okay, LeVar Burton's got a weird hat. One of his cronies has, like you said, like a fucking straw uh, fedora.
1: T.K. Carter, he's got that fucking black, like, his leather hat on the whole film.
0: It's like the Eddie Murphy hat in Golden Child?
1: Yeah, and then, like, Jessica's wearing, like, what looks, first of all, she looks like Diane from Twin Peaks. Yes,
0: that's exactly yeah, that's what, what I one's said. One's I, said. Right? I said, I said, uh, Diane from Twin Peaks and fucking ralph macchio so daniel Baldwin gets out of the hospital and then all of a sudden we're in a casino and setting up uh, another one of the uh you know the three main characters um and that this is jessica um and she's in there with her fucking scuzzy ass ralph macchio boyfriend wearing jared leto's
1: fucking joker suit (coughs) (laughs) sorry i'm sorry you said those two words in sentence i got very ill threw up in your mouth a little bit
0: let's put a puke in that mouth Yeah, I was saying he, he looked like he's wearing something out of uh, Night at the Roxbury, so I just referred to him as Roxbury for the rest of the film. Yeah, this Chris fucking Catan suit, and, and he's going to Diane. Hey, uh, you know we gotta, you know we gotta win some money here. He's like, come on, baby, don't, use your power, use your, use your power. Come on,
1: baby, we gotta win some money. Who was this guy, and why was he consequential, and why did he come back for a few more scenes only to be shot by the, the guy yeah, from Reading Rainbow? I, I guess the whole point was that uh,
0: he'd been like her boyfriend slash drug supplier, yeah. and she was still hooked on the pills. Pills yeah, because of him, she takes painkillers to like I, I don't know, like muddle her mind so she doesn't see what's coming as quickly. That's how she get. That's how she gets by. I guess she's a, so she's a fucking addict. I think. I mean, that's the best explanation I can come up with. They're in this casino. And he's like, "Come on, babe, come to the, come to the fucking the, the roulette table. I mean, we're we're gonna win some money." And she's like, "No, no, no, I don't want to do that. Blah, blah blah blah. I don't do that anymore. This is wrong. Blah 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 blah." And then she does three or four times. This guy's got a fucking pot the size of a fucking I don't even know what. So then you get you get the long shot of the manager kind of eye, eyeing him down, and you know some goons come in and say, "Okay, come with us." Yeah, Kano comes in and grabs her, and he's like, "The manager wants to see you, baby." Meanwhile, while this is all happening, Daniel Baldwin has come in. Into the casino randomly yeah,
1: what the fuck what the fuck was he doing there
0: well you know he had to clean the ketchup off his face in the bathroom using his telekinesis while there was people standing all around him to turn the faucet on so that was a thing the first place he goes is a fucking casino why
1: i don't know i was like okay this movie has no intention of letting me keep along so whatever
0: <laughs> you do you yeah i mean they had a scene before he goes to the casino he meets with the uh, what's his face again the guy was calling xavier and, oh, and they're driving in the car yeah and he kind of gives him some words of wisdom about like hey you know you're special like blah 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 and then you know i guess in the course of that conversation he just ends up at the casino we forgot to mention that that guy has like advanced baby psyche communication he's like the t- the 11 11- oh that's another thing all these people are 11 month pregnancy cases so that's what makes them special all of these people that have the clairvoyant abilities and telekinesis and pyrokinesis and shit like that they've all been in the womb for 11 months and this Charles Xavier character basically talks to kids or like kids come to him to talk and he's like yeah come over to my house and I, we you can talk to me with my mind which isn't creepy at all yeah. and he keeps saying kids 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 and all he has is this one kid the, the Roland character and
1: aren't the rest like grown ass adults I guess that's what he's trying to imply there but
0: the other ones like all have a specific power we'll get to that
1: um, so going back to
0: the original point was you know he sees Diane getting taken away Diane I keep calling her Diane he, see, he sees Jessica getting pulled away they, they rip the wig off of her and he's like oh shit like he, he recognizes her so uh, she gets dragged outside you know ah you know why are we going in the car he's like don't worry about it but before he like recognizes her like he sees Kano like grab her and he doesn't like that doesn't click. He's like this right. guy kicked my ass fucking uh, an hour ago. And you know I'm just assuming that you know Winstrom's gonna come in there and kill her. But Daniel Baldwin using his overpowered telekinesis comes in and you just see the guy holding his fucking gun out the window and it just like flies out like it's on a freaking shoestring. Let's be honest, he fucking like throws it out the window <laughs> and then the glass cracks and then Daniel Baldwin he shoots the the, the glass
1: and he's like ah come with me if you want to live. This <laughs> is the beginning of. What- what I call the second time in my life where I have to watch Daniel Baldwin be a piece of shit to a woman for 35 minutes. Why Why is he such an asshole?
0: He is horrible to this woman. He's horrible to this woman and this poor black dude. Fuck you both. You're coming with me. Don't ask any questions. He's terrible. I wouldn't go with Daniel Baldwin if you
1: fucking paid me. He's pointing a gun. And he's like, get in the car. You're coming with me. And like grabs this woman. He's like, no, get in the- Yelling at this woman. I'm like, what the fuck? He's the worst yeah. protagonist ever. And,
0: and, and then she's like, uh, I ain't going with you. And then he kind of like falls a little bit and accidentally shoots the gun. She's like, oh, okay, I guess I'm coming with you. Like, okay, I guess apparently he's a klutz. Like, we're never going to follow up on that again, though. And, and then they drive, they got to drive away and Kano pulls like an AK-47 out of yeah! the truck and just starts firing at them. <laughs> he shoots like two bullets, though. He, d- he doesn't like unload into the car. He's got this huge fucking rifle and he just goes pew, pew, and that's it
1: got 30 rounds, can't waste them. Ah, they're expensive. From this point on, everything just becomes confusing. As if it weren't already.
0: So they're driving away, and he's like, Oh, you know, don't you remember me? Don't don't I look familiar? And she's like, no, I don't fucking know you. Just just leave me here. Drop me off at the side of the road. I don't want to know anything. And then he says no, and she goes to open the door to jump out. Yeah, and he fucking grabs her. He's like, get the fuck in the car. Don't get out of the car until I'm done talking to you. And he's basically saying, like, you sure you don't remember? Because I remember you. You sure? You sure? You sure? I
1: mean, if somebody had a gun and asked me, like, and kept pressuring me if I remembered something, I'd probably uh, remember it.
0: I'd tell him about the fucking picnic we took in fucking Staten Island.
1: So then, uh, you know, you get another scene with uh, Winstrom and uh, Holden. AKA Malcolm hey. McDowell. Oh, no, actually, no, I'm sorry. First, they're still at the casino. I'm sorry. Frequently forgot that Malcolm McDowell was in this movie. He's only
0: in it for, like, a total of, like, six minutes. Yeah, I'm getting my shit mixed up. No, they, they're back at the casino, and LeVar Burton finally shows up, and they just beat the hell out of Roxbury. They fucking just lump him up, and he's like, did he say anything? Josh Brolin's like, yeah, we got him to talk, then, but not really. Then he just basically, like, tells them, like, hey, you need to go get uh, Harper back and Jessica. And then it just sounds like a hard cut to them at this diner. I don't know if that's what the name of the place is or just what they serve, but it's called Cafe Barbecue. Uh, yes, could I have an espresso and, uh, a rack of ribs, please? I don't know,
1: I might order that, honestly. Uh, yeah, I probably would, too. <laughs> <laughs> I get your point, though. I am a fat shit on the inside, and I would totally eat that.
0: But it's like this podunk-ass fucking, you know, side-of-the-road cafe, like, like, trying to class it up a little bit, like a shitty barbecue pit. Yeah, and, and then, they, you know, they sit down, and, and she still doesn't believe him, and he's, and the waitress comes up, he's, she's like, ah, what do you have? He goes, ah, you know, the lady will have, uh, a steak and, uh, some fries on the sun and a blueberry pie yeah. he's like uh don't you remember that was your favorite thing oh you love eggs and he, and 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 you love you love hash browns and, and uh and a uh, blueberry pie
1: i don't remember any scene where he suddenly has all this information dawn on him i don't i don't remember him having a revelation or him like like internal discovery he just leaves the hospital and withholds all this information from the audience
0: but that's the fucking problem like why does he remember everything and these other two poor bastards don't remember shit
1: Daniel Baldwin is the keeper of the plot and is being super selfish about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, just shut up, I got this, just follow me, shut your mouth, we have a job to do, and you don't know it yet, but I'm gonna tell you when it's convenient for
1: me. He's like a meta dick. Like. <laughs> yeah, but like convenient for him and then get mad when you don't believe him.
0: Also, he's not a fucking clairvoyant, so how the fuck does he know where to find Carter? He's like, oh, pull over to the fucking cafe barbecue, I gotta go get the last third guy of our party. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Give me back my pills. Yeah. Hey, it's an RPG, you'll figure it out on your own.
1: He's like, I have to the script right here it says where I'm supposed to go
0: <laughs> yeah he pulls it out like a fucking Mel Brooks movie and he's like
1: oh good. yep
0: he gets another shot yeah he gets another sh- that's
1: exactly what it is that's
0: what it feels like the whole fucking time the director so he-
1: behind the camera just like shaking his head like I guess this is Daniel's movie now
0: yeah it's fine just let it go like do you think Daniel Baldwin's like no we're gonna I, I don't like this script I'm gonna write it the way I wanna write it like alright so he goes into this place and he, he starts kicking shit down he's gonna go now he goes into the, the kitchen right and the guy's just there he just knows that he's there cause he's psychic and he's like Daniel you're not you're not the psychic one he's like no man I got this fucking psychokinesis no man Wrong fucking power.
1: I've got the telemarketing power, man. Telekinesis,
0: whatever. I'm a telecommuter, man. Oh, by the way, all three of them have this tattoo on their arm or like some kind of like circular barcode.
1: It's their club entry stamp.
0: It's it's their fucking branding, their cult branding. And we briefly see this on Carter. And this is, this is like the second time. No, the third time, because he shows Jessica in the car. And he's like, look, see this fucking tattoo? You got one, too. That means you got to listen to me. And she's like, no, I don't wanna. And Carter does the same thing. He's like, "He's like, look, man, you got powers. I know you do. And he's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And he's like, well, look at that tattoo on your arm. And he's like, I got that when I was in
1: the fucking Navy, man. I don't know what you're talking about. Walk Redstone's go. You can light things on fire. Where did you get this information? Yeah, how does he know this? Why did you know this?
0: He hasn't removed the fucking all-knowing capsule from his fucking leg yet, which we'll get to. But, like, he's, he just walks into his kitchen and he, like, starts trying to piss him off and TK Carter's like, get the fuck out of my kitchen! He starts using his telekinesis and, like, throwing plates
1: of food at Carter. He's continuing to be a shithead to everybody he meets.
0: And he fucking, like, throws him into, like, a rack and he, like, falls down and he finally pisses him off enough and he finally uses his pyrokinesis
1: which is just, like... it's a, it's a Okay, let's all be honest. It's a flamethrower from off-screen. The, the way it's edited makes it look like he is literally shooting fire from his nose.
0: I was like, "Where is the fuck is this fire coming from? You see him, like, he looks like he's trying to take a shit, and then it cuts, and then it's just fire. Uh at Roxbury shows up again, while they're fighting in the back, and he's like, he's like, hey, Jessica, what's up? Uh, uh, I followed you here, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, now does this guy have powers? How the fuck did he know they were at this fucking barbecue cafe? And he's like, hey, uh, come on, we gotta go back to the casino, we'll make some fucking money, uh, what do you say? And she's like, uh, you got my pills? He's like, yeah, I got your fucking pills right here, let's go. So so she grabs her shit and they, and they take off. She's like, ah, oh, let's let's get out of here. They jump in his fucking car and they split. And then finally T.K. Carter's like, oh, you know what? I guess you're right. I fucking, I learned my powers and now I remember nothing still, but I guess I'll come with you. Uh, So him and Daniel Baldwin like come out and he's like, oh, where did that girl go? And the waitress is like, Ah, oh, she took off in a car at the Roxbury. It's a real nice car.
1: Oh, and then she's like, oh, by the way, you're fired or something like that.
0: Hold on. They like jump into the car and they take off and they're like half a mile down the road. And she's just like. By the way, you're fired. And TK Carter's like, man, I can't believe I got fired. And I'm like, you didn't know you were fired. (laughs) Like, you were already, like, does he have fucking super hearing as well? Also,
1: you're an X-Man now. Why do you care about your diner job?
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're joining the fucking team. We're going to the fucking X-Mansion right now. Avengers
1: assemble, you idiot. So Daniel Bowen's like, shit, we got to go
0: get her. They're going up on this sports car that they're driving in. He's like, oh, shit. I can't catch him. I'm like, I'm not going fast enough. And and TK Carter's like, oh, you know, this this piece of shit's not going to catch up to the sports car. So he's like, that's OK. I got cover it covered. I have the powers of Magneto. He's like, oh, man, you're going to burn out the engine. He's like, I'm not pushing the engine. I'm pushing the car. And he's like making the car go faster, but the speedometer's going up. So I'm like, OK, that doesn't really fucking make any sense, but whatever. So they catch up to the sports car. He, he turns to Carter and he goes, he's like, oh, use your fucking flame power and, and burn out the engine to their car. And he's like, I don't know how to do that. I can't control it. And he's like, just try it. He's like, what if I hit the fuel tank? He's like, I don't care. Do it. He squints his eyes, takes a shit, and there's a fucking flame off screen again and just blows up a street sign. And, and then he finally, uh, he, he gives it a second shot. After he sits down again, he doesn't, you know, he's like, uh, it didn't work. He's like, do it again. Yeah, he's like, oh, concentrate. Use the pyrokinesis. If the only tires. Daniel
1: Bowman was that stoic.
0: Fucking oh, do man. it or I'll push you out of the car. All of a sudden, uh, Carter has, like, mastered. Control of his powers and like instead of like fucking up the engine, he like blows out the tires and the car, you know, crashes or whatever, and they get out and they pull up. And again, he goes after this woman, he's like, Get over here! And he fucking grabs her and like literally tosses this woman into the back of the
1: fucking car, and he's like, You're coming with us. It, to uncomfortable levels, he's a complete douchebag, this woman.
0: Yeah, and none of the rocksburg is like, Hey man, what the fuck? What am I supposed to do out here? You blew up my car, like not even giving a shit about the fact that he just grabbed this woman like by the head and threw her into the back. Back of his
1: car it, it makes it all the more disturbing when we find out what their relationship is later on
0: i was like are you kidding me so roxbury's stuck on the side of the road yeah. r- while uh harper and carter and jessica are, are driving away and then you see uh Win- winthram uh you know he he rolls up and roxbury's out through Like,
1: gay hey, yo i thought you were gonna be right behind me what the hell took so long so he rolls up and goes reading rainbow and shoots him right in the chest one of those things may not have happened
0: the butterfly comes out and it's like doop 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 doop
1: doop doop doo. I mean, that's how I remember it happening.
0: Everything starts with a good story and yours is over, motherfucker. And he shoots him right in the chest and then they just take off and they're like, oh, we got to find him. Now, every time LeVar Burton gets to where they previously were, there's always some kind of item that he picks up and he's able to tell like back before, like when they when he took her from the casino the first time and got away, there's like a bullet from or a shell casing from the gun where he shot through the thing and he like picks that up and he's able to find them again at the fucking diner. They show Holden again and. uh, Yes he gets a call from from uh Winthrum or w- Winstrom however the hell you say his name it's a- Winstrom Winstrom and he sa- and uh he's there with his wife and his wife says you know hold it i'm pregnant and he oh okay that's nice honey Hold on, I gotta take this call. Yeah, fuck off. Uh, that's great. I'll see you later. And she's like, the hormones are working. And this woman is like 30 years younger than Malcolm McDowell. And I'm like, well, no shit. You can't get pregnant. This motherfucker's shooting blanks.
1: He reacts <laughs> like he's just been told that there's a meeting at four o'clock.
0: Spoiler alert she has a miscarriage
1: well when this first happens i don't understand i didn't understand the whole point of it and
0: this must be the like one thing in the plot that actually goes somewhere but like i who could give a shit like right that character hasn't done anything we spent like a minute with malcolm McDowell. he's like oh we gotta catch that fucking daniel baldwin and them and he's like lavar burton you've been letting me down yeah he gets the information that they're hot on the trail And, uh, you know, they end up in a hotel that, of course, the only room available is the lover's room. It's not just any hotel. It's called the Pink Motel. And it's like one of those fucking grimy-ass porn joints. I would never,
1: I would never rent a room there based on its name. It's a good place to lay low, though. It's named after an Aerosmith song.
0: This fucking guy, but he just comes in and he's like, yeah, uh, yeah, so, uh, I don't know what kind of kinky shit you guys are up to, but, uh, here's a list of all the amenities, including porn and a fucking vibrating mattress uh enjoy and daniel bowman's like uh, oh, this is great uh we should get some room service and he picks up the phone and he's just like yeah, can I get uh, two filet mignons, three salads, a bottle of fucking Glenville 25 year, and some caviar? We're at the Pink Motel. Not to oh. mention that earlier in the film he talked about how he was barely making rent working as a laundry person. Yeah, and here's this motherfucker ordering like a, a four star
1: dinner. Be glad they bring you some Pop Tarts.
0: Yeah, hope you like tap water. It's just like a hard cut and they're all drinking and Daniel Baldwin's all fucked up and he's like, yeah, there's this thing in my leg and we got to cut it out. And TK Carter's like, the fuck are you talking about, man? We're not cutting open your leg. He's what like, the fuck? Why didn't you tell us this before? And he's like, I had to get drunk first. I could get drunk after.
1: Is that what happened here? Because I feel I think I went to the bathroom and just forgot to hit pause and came back and like Daniel Ballman is like incapacitated. and You're like, we're gonna cut this thing out of you. I'm like, was he shot? And in the two minutes hit. I was gone? He drinks a bottle
0: of scotch and he's like, Cut my fucking leg open. There's yeah. something special in there.
1: He doesn't take his pants off, he just pulls out a bowie knife. At my drunkest, I've never looked at someone and said, Cut me open, man.
0: So he's got this thing in his like his upper. Thigh? And instead of like pulling down his pants, he like just takes this Bowie knife and he sticks it in his pocket and just like rips it down his leg and he's like, just cut this out of my leg, man. Just cut it out. And Jessica's like, all right, I guess I'll do it. And she like takes the knife from me and she's like, here, fucking human torch, fucking flame this up, sterilize it. And he's like, man, I don't want to watch this shit. And she's like, put on the television. And he flips on the fucking TV and it's just porn. And like in the background, you hear this fucking chick. She's like, oh yeah, slam it to me. Give it to me. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? We're fucking, we're performing some kind of hack half ass surgery with this fucking porn blaring and fucking Carter puking his guts out in the corner. And she just fucking walks up, cools a cucumber, and just fucking jams it in his leg and, like, cuts it open and pulls out this fucking...
1: Pops his shit out and, like, I don't remember seeing any blood. It's clean as a fucking whistle. This thing pops right out of a human being like it's no problem.
0: Yeah, it turns out it was just, like, in his pocket and she just cut him open for no reason? No. (laughs) (laughs) You idiot, it was in your shoe. Oh, but it felt like it was in my leg. I guess my pockets is just deep.
1: This, uh, this device also known as the exposition uh, deliverer machine thingamajig. A literal plot device.
0: Yeah, 45 minutes too late. Daniel Baldwin this whole time should have just been like, he should have just had like a gut feeling at first and been like okay, I remember your face, like I think we have something to do. But instead he like he knows the whole plot. But this part is where he should have been like, oh yeah this is why we were sent back. Yeah, we this know- stuff I already knew. I just refused to share it. You know, Carter and Jessica are sitting there like, well, I don't know how to open it and if he doesn't know how either i guess we're out of here so then they're all passed out and uh, you know harper wakes up in the middle of the night and goes over to the little bullet looking thing and he somehow knows how to activate it and it has this like basically holographic uh database all stored inside it with like floating heads and like fucking pie charts and whatnot and he doesn't think to like wake the other two up he's just like i'm gonna take this all in so like, i'm gonna pull an all-nighter to remember all this shit yeah and he's getting like the address of the fucking guy that he has to go kill
1: an all-nighter after being shit faced and being stabbed
0: and he's totally fine fu- he's walking around like no like no problem there's also a funny part in this scene where like Daniel Baldwin's passed out and they pull this fucking like little tracker thing whatever the fuck it is out of him Jessica's like oh you know he said room service and like for some reason I just really remember somebody saying room service like I remember him saying that and Cardi's like yeah I don't remember him saying room service but I remember saying something else and I'm thinking to myself like yeah I'm, uh, I think like both of you were definitely sexually assaulted by this guy at some point you know what I mean <laughs> he's like uh yeah it was room service but it was something like that it was <laughs> safety a safety word yeah hot dog man hot dog so so right after he gets all the pertinent information the other two finally wake up and you know, right on cue, fucking guns start blaring. Oh, this place gets shot to shit, and I was like, "Whoa, that's pretty impressive!" <laughs> like for this shitty TV movie.
1: Oh, all, the entire budget went to this little holographic thing and people being shot. All, all of the gun
0: work and the and the blanks and shit that they use are cool, and like the, you know, we got broken windows. They fucking shoot the shit out of this television for no reason. So, uh, Kano and the and Josh Brolin are shooting through the fucking window. And there's, like, these two other no-name guys. But again, they look like fucking 20s gangsters. They got the fedoras on and the trench coats and the fucking black gloves. And he's like,
1: meh, open up, see? Everyone is and very inappropriately dressed for every situation yeah. in this film.
0: So a fucking stray bullet hits uh, Daniel Baldwin in the arm. Carter, like, blows the fucking door open with the fire. Oh,
1: yeah, he backdrafted them. That was cool. <laughs> Featuring another Baldwin, brother. A better Baldwin. But- it's all connected. It's the BCU.
0: I want to know how we get to fucking Beetlejuice. <laughs> so they're like oh we got to get away he's like get in the car everybody get in the car so they limp over uh daniel baldwin and they throw him in the car and he's like oh shit the car won't start Carter's like the car won't start and
1: he's like don't worry i got it and yeah, put it into neutral
0: and he telekinetically pushes this fucking thing for god knows how far
1: you were right in saying he's like the most op tk user ever he never gets exhausted like he's able to sustain this ability for long periods of time but his nose bleeds
0: but it doesn't matter like he it doesn't stop him it's not like his nose bleeds and he passes out his nose just bleeds and he fucking wipes it away and goes about his business
1: wasn't that in a, a chronicle too
0: uh I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember
1: yeah. which movie had heavy telekinetic usage uh, drains. It's either
0: Chronicle... There's another one that I'm thinking of, but I don't remember the name. I know what you're talking about.
1: Though. Yeah, and Eleven from um, Stranger Things. yeah, yeah. 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 I think that's a pretty common trope. This trope has been around for fucking ever.
0: They like they just pull up to this random payphone and it starts ringing. We like hard cut to fucking uh, Professor Xavier's mansion. Baldwin's laid up in bed and then we finally get to meet uh little Roland and he like throws a ball at him and he's like hey hey little buddy what are you doing? Roland's just looking at him cuz he speaks to everybody like through his mind. It's just kind of one of those things, like, where Roland just looks at him, and he, like, answers him, like, yeah, okay, tell blah blah blah, I'll be down in a second. Then Roland is also another character that just, like, withholds information. He's like, I got you, Harper, you're not telling them about it? I'm not gonna tell them about it either. Yeah, it turns out the fucking kid knows everything, like,
1: but of course we would know, because the kid doesn't speak. Yeah, he has, like, one line in the whole movie, and it's, like, out of nowhere. It also seems like a lazy, but inventive way to keep a kid from acting terribly. Just don't speak, we'll have all your lines be delivered telepathically. I feel like at this point going forward like is the plot hadn't quite fallen out from underneath it yet and now it just bottoms out
0: it's gone uh, uh let's let's just get fucking real like it's just bullshit from here on out there's like two points that i want to make before we get pretty much to the end of this fucking movie I- inside inside the house they have these other people with powers and basically they can like see around the house and they kind of like cloak it from levar burton and uh so they don't know that anybody's house so it just looks like an abandoned house they go downstairs for dinner then we have a big plot dump and daniel Baldwin's like oh yeah well you know we were sent from the future to stop the corporation that you don't even fucking run right now because malcolm mcdowell does and it's like you know we got we'll have to kill you or whatever who could give a shit really
1: lots of vague without lots of detail like we have to do this thing because you told us about this other thing and this thing has to happen i'm like what things stop who where why non script names and titles for things that we're supposed to have previous knowledge of that we know nothing about
0: but that's literally it and it's like fucking three o'clock at night and he's like uh, you know what yeah yeah you're right roland we're all real tired roland it's bedtime like, well good night everybody and he like takes the kid and they like walk away into a room what the fuck are you doing pal he says that he gets these fucking kids there all the time he's like they're always talking to me cool
1: for the gifted and then from this point forward we get the reading rainbow guy gunning down at least what six Eight unarmed defenseless people? Well, they were holding candles.
0: So we're going to go right into that right after this because this is the pivotal moment where Jessica finally remembers who she is.
1: Oh, fuck. Yeah, fuck is the key word there. We have to talk about this because it also circles back to what I said before about their relationship.
0: This exposition literally happens within a minute. Daniel Baldwin's got this ring around his neck the whole fucking movie, and you're like, oh, I guess it's like a wedding band or some kind of reminder for him to remember. She's like, oh, man, she's like, I finally get it. Like, I know why you remember all this stuff about me. And he's like, yeah, you're my wife. And she's like, I know I'm your wife. And then they just get right to it. It's just like Daniel Baldwin's back, and then like a silhouette of them kissing, and then that's it. Thank God we're spared.
1: I'm very angry at the filmmaker for making me watch a film that involves daniel baldwin and sex
0: i'm just glad i didn't have to see his fucking ass cheeks
1: i am a heterosexual male however i can also tell when someone's undesirable daniel baldwin looks like a bartender who just got back from a bender he looks like he looks like his dietitian died he fucking ate him dude (laughs) with how he treated her the first half of this movie is really disturbing now that i know they're supposed to be husband and wife he is a piece of shit to this woman
0: yeah carter's downstairs with another pretzel rod trying to hit on you know the help he comes sauntering over to this old woman and he's like and he's got this bottle of scotch and he's like hey, hey babe you want a drink and she's just like stone faced he's like okay suit yourself he's like you mind if i smoke and he's got this pretzel rod cigar i guess now he can really channel his powers because he fucking just lights this yeah because he's known that he's had this power for what a, all of a day so he's got it down to a science and he fucking pops off the cigar and then all of a sudden, this old woman, like, breaks her concentration and, like, gives him, like, a side bedroom eye. Like, yeah, I want to fuck this guy. And then all of a sudden, LeVar Burton's like, oh, shit, I know where they are now because this one woman broke her fucking concentration. Like, the veil has been lifted. Well, there is one more thing, and I only bring it up because it's impertinent right after the scene you're about to go into. Is that the, the uh, Roland, early in the movie, we were about how he had the drawings of the characters. And Carter finds them, and he's kind of going through them like, huh, hmm. Huh. And then apparently there's a fourth image that you don't know about and it's a picture of LeVar Burton. And it's like, wait a second, like, what does that imply? Bum, bum, bum. There was four fuckers that were supposed to go back in time. Yeah. yeah, apparently. And one of them's fucking LeVar Burton kicking the door down and blowing people away. Yeah, but since they all lost their memories, LeVar Burton sided with the bad guys by accident. That's what happened. <laughs> Whoops. You
1: picked the wrong side, asshole. You killed like 15 innocent people.
0: Right after Carter maxes it to this fucking old woman, she breaks her concentration, not without missing a fucking beat, a SWAT team, uh, Malcolm McDowell's fucking army just bursts out of these vans and just fucking puts this fucking mansion under siege. They are fucking shooting the shit out of everything. Running down the hallways, fucking shooting these uh, I don't even know what you want to call them. Uh, they're not seers, but they're, they're the people who put the veil on the
1: house. He's just fucking shooting all of them. Popping each one of these people like with a pistol without blinking. I'm like, this is, this is fucking Jordy. I've never even seen this guy ball a fist and now I'm watching him shoot
0: people. He's got like perfect aim and he could see through walls and he can shoot through, like, ceilings and shit now all of a sudden. He's a master marksman. He knows his gunkata. So you got Roland and, because that's what we keep calling him, or I keep calling him, Xavier's upstairs in the attic hiding and the, the proverbial shot through the floor takes him out. He's on the ground dying. You, oh, Roland, go hide. Within 30 seconds of hiding, like, Wincham's standing there over the guy's dead body and Roland just fucking runs out and starts, like, crying at the guy's face. And then, like, LeVar Burton stands there for, like, 10 seconds, like, pondering before he even notices Roland sitting there. Malcolm McDowell's goal is to kill this kid and this old guy and all the other people and including LeVar Burton because he knows all of this because it's like the fall of the company but I still don't understand because the fucking old guy Professor Xavier was supposed to step down from the company but he was never there in the first I don't know it doesn't fucking make any goddamn sense yeah I, I mean I feel like we're kind of missing one piece of the puzzle just because they never explain it we're well missing well the other
1: corporation yeah we're missing the entire other half of this conflict
0: if I understood it correctly it was that Malcolm McDowell was some kind of like almost like a break off of the FBI kind of thing like his own little department in the government I think. And then uh, the Xavier guy was kind of just like the foundation, quote unquote, which is just basically your fucking Terminator equivalent. But they don't ever... Like, they do make it clear, but they don't make it clear, if that makes any sense. Like, they do say it, like, once. One time. And then you're just supposed to think, like, oh, this corporation is a big fucking deal, even though there's, like, just a dude and this kid and some people standing around with candles. Apparently, it's, like, some big deal. And there's nobody else in the fucking house. It's just him and the kid and these people. They meet up with LeVar in the attic. So the three of them run up there... And- and lavar has got the kid and he's like, stay back. He's like, I'm going to fucking kill this kid. And they're like, no, man, you're a good guy. You got sent back into the future. <laughs> Not back to the future. Come on, Doc. Marty! Marty! Windstrom! <laughs> Winstrom. So they, they basically They see the tattoo on his arm They kind of go over that whole spiel real quick And he's kind of like, like leaning in their direction Like okay He's like you're a good guy And he's like I can't change now So they get on the roof And they're trying to run away Meanwhile Malcolm McDowell's got fucking Conan out there With Conan? Yeah. Kano Kano <laughs> With a with a sniper rifle Oh he's Ah it's Conan O'Brien Or Conan the Barbarian Take it as you will By Crom I'm not going to shoot that child So he won't shoot him But uh, he'll shoot LeVar Burton no fucking blink of the eye well that was his whole plan he was he's like i oh, can't shoot a kid and he's like i didn't ask you if you shot a kid do you have a shot or not last minute levar burton's like all right get out of here rolling and he like lets him go and then fucking Kano blows away fucking levar burton
1: and nobody cares yeah nobody it, gives it, a shit if
0: winstrom like hung out for five more minutes he would have lived why didn't he just take the fucking kid and why didn't they just like why shoot their the way out
1: why did they just fucking leave also like this gas charges that like mcdowell kept like talking about and he's like blow the gas charges and then everyone's like oh yeah they don't affect this go central nervous system is different
0: yeah because we're from the future just glossed right over that ah we're good Uh, again you're like the fucking avengers why don't you guys just fuck these people up like nobody's business so they go downstairs roland's like i got some shit to do and we don't hear what he says to fucking dan and dan's like yeah you got this no problem and the little kid walks outside and carter's like what the fuck you can't let him go out there they're gonna shoot him and he's like, no, man, it's cool. He's got this. And the little kid goes out. And I'm not, what happens? He does the telekinesis, like the mind talk to uh, Malcolm McDowell. And he kind of like gets him to stop. And then uh, they all go outside with Roland. And Malcolm McDowell's like, ah, oh, it, it, this can't be true. My wife just had a miscarriage. I'm not having a kid. He's like, she can't have kids. And, and you know, Harper is like, actually, a year from now, you're going to have a son. Ah, oh, that can't be true. That can't be true. How do you know this? I am your son. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's going to be real hard for me to kill you, so I really don't want to do that. So make the right decision. I'm your son from the future. And Malcolm Down and was like, "Ah, oh, All right, I guess I'll just stop doing everything I'm doing. And that's it. That's the end of the fucking... That's it! Such a fucking insultingly unearned twist. That literally is where it stops. And then we cut right to the three of them driving in a car, and Daniel Baldwin, you have, like, this voiceover... Well, we don't even know if it's... I mean, we assume it's them. We just literally see a car driving down a dirt path. Well, it's that shitty car that they're driving the whole movie. Daniel
1: Baldwin gives this, like, lazy-ass voiceover. Oh, we're gonna try to find find new lives. Blah, 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 blah,
0: blah. And then Roland went on to do the task and lead the company into the good direction.
1: Grew up and did the thing.
0: He said to make sure that we don't meet our young selves so we don't know what we're going to do. And I'm like, you know what you should have did? Y'all should have fucking committed suicide. There should have been a huge gunfight at the end. Like, LeVar Burton dies, and then shit just gets real. We should be throwing fucking people, and then they they all get gunned down, and everybody fucking dies. You know what they should have done? They should have faked their death, and then gone to a fucking cafe in France and met
1: Alfred there. That's what they should have done.
0: Carter went to fucking Antarctica to work on, like, a remote base, and then he gets tangled up with some shape-shifting alien.
1: Daniel Baldwin went to fight vampires with James Woods.
0: Yeah, that's where he went. And then,
1: what's her name? She went and did the thing, like Roland.
0: So that's it. That's the fucking movie. And then we're treated to that fucking shitty rip-off Terminator score again for the closing credits, and it's like, it's like almost note for note. When they they were making this movie, did they really sit there and say, this is gonna be some good fucking quality TV shit, man. Uh, As far as, like, made-for-TV shit goes, like, they did some stuff that I didn't really think that they'd be able to get away with. There's a lot of gunplay in this movie, there's a lot, there's a decent amount of blood, and there's there's some pretty good squib action, too.
1: But as far as made-for-TV movies go, it doesn't hold a candle like Fire in the Sky or some shit like that.
0: No, no, Fire in the Sky is fucking
1: amazing. It's been a while since I've seen like a a, a fucking direct to poopy '90s action movie. So this is this had a level of charm that I kind of wasn't ready for. It was fun to watch. <laughs> it, it was. It's so fucking silly and like hilariously overcomplicated.
0: It's completely stupid. So where in the dumpster would you guys find this movie?
1: I would actually put this toward the top. Really? Not towards the top. Not on the top. But like, have to sit through some shit and get to it. <laughs> Not surface level garbage like you got to kind of like stick your hand in there, maybe elbow deep.
0: I was going to say it's lower than that, but when you put it that way, elbow deep is about where I'd go with it, too. You'd be, like, getting chased by bullies, and they beat you up, and they throw you in the fucking dumpster? Like, that is how yeah, you'd you find this. Yeah, and you pull the heroin needles out of you, and yeah. you go to reach another one out, and it's this movie. Like, the, you, you just pull this movie uh, right out of that level of trash.
1: The last thing stuck to you, you're like, oh, look at that.
0: So that's Yesterday's Target, directed by Barry Sampson from 1996. If you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Follow us at moviedumpster on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also check out our sister podcast, The Phantom Zone, hosted by our very own Connor McGraw. You can find them at phantomzonepodcast.wordpress.com. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. Shut up! Shut you, up! And man, get in the boy.
1: car.
0: Thank you